I V M. BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quint podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. You know, the other day I was asking my wife how we should go about financial planning and how to essentially manage our finances. And I was wondering whether we should have a couple of joint accounts and whether we should merge our investments. She said, Alex, whatever is yours is mine and whatever is mine is also mine. You know, she was joking at the time, but it got me thinking. While there's no best way for couples to manage their finances together, there must be a few thumb rules to follow. I'm Alex Matthew and this is BQ Big Decisions. On this podcast, we're going to talk about whether there's an ideal way for couples to manage money and how they can navigate the mine, yours and ours. My guest today is Mrin Agarwal, a financial educator and registered investment advisor. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Alex. You know, I think that's a great place to start this conversation, Rin. How do you determine where to draw the line when it comes to your money? What your wife said is true. <laughs> what is yours is mine and what is mine is mine. I follow that myself. <laughs> so I'm in complete agreement with her firstly. Well, I'm glad. And, and, I'm, and she will be absolutely glad that a financial planner is agreeing with what she said. <laughs> I'm saying that more from a personal perspective, <laughs> of course. But yes, um, it's always a tug of war. Yeah. Um, as is a lot of things in married life, isn't yes. it? Um, but I find finances is one thing that couples don't talk about, mm-hmm. right? And um, many a times, um, it's it's just assumed that one partner is just going to take it on and just take care of it. Yeah. And the other partner... Uh, doesn't do anything about it, which is a, which is the case in my case. Yeah, but it's that's not the case in most other people because I typically find that it's the men who take care of the finances, and the women don't. You know, very interesting point there, and I was very surprised by this, Marin, because I did a dipstick in my office, uh, which is as you know Bloomberg Quint, and I was surprised to find that nearly over sixty percent, nearly seventy percent of the people who I asked said that their mums were the ones that were handling the finances of the house. So it was actually an eye opener to me. I, I have heard on numerous occasions in the past that it is largely uh, the avenue of the man of the house to decide on finances, but this one was a bit of an eye opener for me. That's interesting because typically when I do my sessions, um, that's not what I find, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah. And um, I think a lot is to do with the social structure and the yeah. fact that uh, money management is never taught to us. Um, and it's a taboo to really talk about yeah. money. Um, so for young couples, I think uh, one is to really talk about it. Mm. And by talking about it, um, you need to figure out um, how are we going to manage? Uh, what are the responsibilities? So the responsibilities are not only paying bills. Yeah. Um, the responsibilities are also in terms of um, how are we going to spend? Mm. How are we going to save? Mm. And how are we going to invest? 
um um the it requires other, a lot of dialogue doesn't it I mean, yeah it requires a lot of dialogue and sometimes you know the topics can be very very touchy yes um it can get very touchy when especially when you have one partner being a spendthrift and yeah. one partner being an okay spender mm. or you know you have situation where one of the partners is supporting family mm. so in these sort of cases i found that it can get very 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 touchy and Hmm. I, I, and I get what you're saying because everything that we do here on on Bloomberg Quint with regard to personal finance, we clearly state that there is no one size fit all solution. And I'm sure you stand by that as well. But and it comes down to a few things, right? If we're talking about relationships, we're talking about personality types. Yeah, uh, that would have a bearing on how people function with regard to their money. Oh, absolutely. I think two things. One is what they have seen when they were growing up mm-hmm. in terms of how money was being managed. Mm. And two is their own personality in terms of um, how um, they would like to manage their money. So, mm. you know, there, I, I see a lot of people who are very happy to just live on EMIs, yeah. right? Because for them, they need that. Uh, they need, uh, they have their wants and needs and they need it even if it means taking out an EMI. Mm. And I've also seen people who are very averse to debt and Mm. who want to be completely debt-free to the extent that they don't even have a credit card. Mm. So I've seen both the spectrums Mm. and uh, money personality. You've seen that as bad as well? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be so... I'm not saying... So if you don't want to take loans, that's fine. Mm. But I find this thing to say that I'm not going to own a credit card to be a little too... Excessive. Yes, too excessive. Because Mm. I always believe it's good to have one for emergencies. I mean, all I tell them is, okay, don't use it. Use it only if there's an emergency Mm. at least. Mm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But you were talking about personality types and you're talking about... Yeah, Yeah. so uh, again, each one of us has a very different money personality. And I think... Just like other things in our marriage, we need to come to a common ground Mm. on money. So Mm. uh, in terms of um, how the money is going to be managed, Mm. I think we really need to talk about it, come on a common ground without really being judgmental. Mm. And I know it's very easy to say it and it's very tough to do. But but yes, uh, you will have to find that common ground. You know, I was speaking uh, to my wife about this and I I mentioned that right at the start of the conversation and uh, from a wide gamut of advice available on how uh, two people should manage their money. I picked one and I've been told that it's a little complicated. Maybe you can weigh in on this. But what I realized is that as a couple, we have a certain number of expenses. So I have a separate account, a joint account that deals with only expenses. I split it in two. At the start of the month, when I get my salary, I put a certain amount in that and she does as well. And all the expenses are spent from that account. Similarly, I know that a certain amount of my money has to go towards investments. We split that into two. And at the start of the month, as soon as our salary comes in, we put it into an, an investments account, which is a joint account. And everything that's remaining gets remains in our savings bank accounts and we can spend it the way that we see fit. That's a fair way to go about it? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's a great way to go about it. Uh, but I find that um, not many people are going to get around to doing what you've done, uh, although it is the right way to go about it. Is there another way or, you know, is, is this the best way that you can do it? So if you really can't get around to doing this and being disciplined about it, mm. right? 
I think one of the things is to firstly have a budget and within a budget have a discretionary budget because most of the money fights do not happen on things like rent and mm. groceries you know yeah. the money fights really happen on those discretionary spends mm. um, um and which is where people accuse each other that you spent more and you spent more yeah. so i think um you know in terms of figure out okay this is our take home salary and i always advocate the 30 30 40 rule which okay. is 30% expenses 30% emis and 40% savings so you are talking about your net income pooled between the two individuals and saying 30% 30% 40%. So 30% for expenses? Yes. 30% for EMIs. EMIs. Okay. Yeah, and 40% for savings. Okay. Um now within that 30% expenses figure out what is it that you're going to do on discretionary spending mm. and use that accordingly. So I think that's a good way to take care of this spending um, issue that's there with most couples. And I know that a lot of people will wonder when you're saying 30% on uh, expenses and why is that so low but i must point out that obviously in this situation if you are not paying an emi it's assumed that you are living on rent and so therefore the rent especially in a city like mumbai which is a large amount of money would come out of that 30% for the emi right yes yes okay, that, that's that right that more or less yeah. takes care of that yeah. so that's a good thumb rule to follow 30 30 40 Yeah. yeah and of course i think um, the other thing is to have a money date um i think you should spend one hour on your money every month uh, <laughs> I, in the know, beginning in the beginning of yeah, you know a lot of couples will say they don't go on an enough dates <laughs> without talking about money you know you're talking about a money date here you can do it at home you don't need to go out for it although i think it will get a little contentious to do it at home yeah. so i think you should actually go out for your money date because it's easier to talk about it when you're surrounded by other people wow, right okay okay um, yeah. so listen do try that out and let me know what you think about that and then maybe i'll give it a go okay so but i've you know you mentioned this at the top of the conversation and you said that there is, there are sometimes in that tug of war pull and push there is this one individual out of the couple that takes the financial decisions you know and i've met a lot of people out there when who say that they just couldn't be bothered that their partner is taking all the decisions and they're more than happy that that will just continue forever but that's not a healthy practice no it's not why is it not and how should one remedy that well it's not simply because as i said that each person's approach to goal and the goals are really different and i think to really remedy that you need to first of all jointly figure out what are your financial goals so as i said the, if you have a financial goal of buying a house hmm. it needs to be uh, detailed further in terms of okay where how much is it going to cost and hmm. stuff like that and you need to come onto a common ground to understand um uh that financial goal hmm. um and then really look at drawing up a financial plan or at least do some bit of goal planning so that's planning. what you discuss on the money on the money date yes and and not anything else guys <laughs> all right but let's yeah. take a step back mm. okay we're talking about couples who sometimes meet for the first time they're focusing on things that are i would think and and let me just put it this way uh, facets of their a prospective partners personalities that are perhaps much more attractive than their money and their investments right so but it's still important to share that information uh, do you think that somebody should be forthright at the start and be transparent about 
you know their finances in certain cases large amounts of debt yes i think you've brought in a really important point i think it's so important to be open about what your financial situation is um as you said um that uh, when you're courting each other these are not things that you would want to talk about mm. uh, but um yeah i i do think that it's important uh, for people to be honest about their debt and i mean the last thing that you you i i don't think too many people want to get into a relationship which has too too much of financial baggage mm. let's be honest about yeah. it so i think it's very very important to be open you know the other thing uh, from a woman's perspective i found many times that women don't like to bring up money matters because they are then considered money minded mm. and i think they really need to say to hell with it and say that no i mean It's for important. my own mm. well being i'm going to talk about it okay um where where does a uh, planning for a child come in because and the reason i asked this man is that i'm coming across um, more and more young couples who are saying that yes they do want to have one child or two children and they've you know pretty much decided the number that they want and second they've already started thinking about starting to save for that child that they haven't yet decided to have so they say that at some point in the future we've gotten married or we're just together at the moment 4 5 6 years down the line we might have a child but they've already started saving is that the right approach is that too early to start or is there never too early to start well it's never too bad to save mm. i mean if you don't end up having a child you can obviously use the money for something else mm. but uh, it's it's never bad to save yeah. right um now if they're actually saving uh for um, something in, that's going to happen in the future i think that's a good thing mm. and there's really nothing wrong with it but should you do it if you can why not mm. okay, but i it's think good... it's i don't know if it's very easy to do it it's not you it's know not given necessary. your salary levels and given mm. the expenses as you said for example rent itself is a mm. very big part of your expense these but days but out of the 40% i'm saying you uh, you you're advocating that cumulatively from your joint yeah. salary is 40% you're yeah. setting aside yeah. which is i would think a, see, a really large amount of money yes uh, it is in, and contextually of course yes. relatively speaking yes. it is a large amount yeah. of money um, because i've heard people going anywhere between 20 to 40% yes. so you're being more conservative i noticed yes. that yes yes uh, but having said that within that 40% you can perhaps allocate a small amount of money because there are large expenses that are involved involved yes bringing up a child yeah now what if i have a listener who is tuning in uh, who is sitting with his lovely wife or who is sitting with her lovely husband uh, and wants to put their financial lives in order can they follow a few very key steps just sitting down with a pen and paper uh, and listing down a few steps um yes so uh, first and foremost we talked about the 30 30 40 rule on mm. budgeting mm-hmm. right um the second thing is that um you need to build up emergency cash mm. uh, for contingencies yeah. so that's typically 6 months of your expenses kept aside mm. um in an instrument which is easily accessible mm. it could be a fixed deposit it could be a liquid mutual fund um and you can work up to that because even that is not necessarily yes. easy to achieve yeah you don't need to start with the 6 months right yeah. away you could start with let's say 2 to 3 months and yeah. then look at building it up every month mm. um of course the next thing that really comes is planning for the risk on your life so mm. take the right amount of term cover which is only covering the risk of your life and not really giving you an investment return you know this is a very important point because it's very difficult i think in the early days to start thinking of 
the decisions that you make is affecting not just yourself but uh, the person who is living with you yeah so so you need to start thinking more in terms of a family rather than an individual just yourself yes yeah. um and of course you need to check your medical covers uh, if if you're employed and if your organization provides you a cover please take that up because um, there there's so many people so many hr folks who tell me that people don't sign up for the medical insurance mm. because they believe that it's an expense and they all want to have more cash in their hand but remember these are good benefits that are being offered by organization yeah. so if you are salaried it's a good idea to take up the medical covers mm. if you are self employed uh, you certainly need to take a medical cover because uh, if you were to have an illness or you have to be hospitalized for whatever reason mm. it's really expensive yes, these days and you know medical inflation in india is more than 10% so yes. it's really expensive to fall ill okay um so it's good it's good to have a good amount of med- uh, medical cover as well mm. and then um you need to of course start uh, uh planning your investments the common goal that everybody needs to plan for is retirement, retirement. Yeah. and i know you're going to say oh my god i've just got married and you're talking about retirement <laughs> no but, but it could be a good thing right i mean if you've got married you or if you've started living together you can say that you know in in 20 years time we're going to take early retirement and see the world absolutely that could be a good, that could be a good, a good plan, starting right? point yeah it can be a good plan yes it can um so certainly you need to uh, think about how you're going to save for retirement and mm. uh, for young couples i would say um you know your retirement is going to be even if you do an early retirement probably at least 15 20 years away mm. um so certainly look at investing in equity mutual funds mm. uh, for your retirement goal um and then of course plan for other goals that you might have in the short term like maybe buying a house mm. although it's not really essential these days yes. right to own a house yes uh, a lot of people are going the other way in fact uh, one of the earliest conversations we had on bq big decisions was should you buy a house or should you rent and you know there was no clear answer well i always feel buying a house uh, is an emotional decision it is because at the end of the day if you're buying it on loan Uh, the interest that you pay is, is huge yeah is huge it's almost equivalent to your principal and that was exactly the point that was raised at that moment as well but talk about it essentially is what you're saying yes talk about it um so th- think about what are your other short term goals i think uh, one of the other things in today's context that you also need to bake in is what is your plan b so for example if you get laid off or mm. um if 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 um, you decide to become an entrepreneur mm. um obviously you need money to start a business yeah. so uh, what is your plan b or for whatever reason if one of the partners is not able to work for whatever reason it is uh what is your plan b today and okay. i think there needs to be a lot of focus on that because i i see a lot of uh people who don't have a plan b hmm. in place and, and that's then, a scary situation that's very scary because uh for example if you got laid off you know you you don't have a income coming in hmm. you don't have emergency cash to fall back hmm. on but you have emis going on yeah. so certainly need to have a plan b that if if one income were to stop how are you going to manage Yeah, all right. Uh, what about taking on debt? You mentioned and you t- spoke about, you know, uh, the taking or the buying of a house on on debt. Um, but what if somebody does make that decision and says that we want to buy a house, we want the security that that gives us. Um there is a situation where you have to decide which of the two takes the loan, right? Because 
I've seen in several instances you have banks that offer a slightly better rate of interest to women who are borrowing. Is that something that they should decide based on what is on offer? Yes, and I think the ideal way to do it is to just take the loan uh, jointly. Mm. Maybe the first applicant can be the woman because mm. of the favorable loan rates. Mm. Uh, but I think the uh, loan should always be taken jointly. Mm -hmm. And of course, the point to remember is that if you do want the tax benefit, which is Section Twenty Four on interest paid on mm. home loan, uh, the co-applicants must also be the co-owners of the property. Ah. Yes. So keep that in mind mm. when you're buying the house that mm. you also have holding in a similar pattern uh, in the title deed. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of debt, uh, one of the other things that you really need to focus on is unsecured loans. Because mm. I think today, um, this uh, issue of personal loans, credit card loans, 0% EMIs, 0% EMIs, you know, these loans that you get on the e-com company websites and all of this, I think this is a really big issue today, mm. uh, especially among youngsters. Um, and I think that is something that really needs to be tackled. So if, if, if the, you know, if both of them together or if one of the partners is having very high amount of unsecured loans, mm. I think they need to, uh, put down a repayment plan. And if it means cutting back on lifestyle expenses, then they should do it because at the end of the day, if you have too many unsecured loans, you're not going to get the home loan for sure. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, it can get in a lot of stress in the relationship. Uh, the, certainly the partner who doesn't have the loan is going to feel a little annoyed, you know, with the, with that sort of a situation. Yeah. Yeah. And it also hampers your overall lifestyle and, you know, your well-being. So I think, point, yeah. I think, you know, you really need to put a repayment plan on the unsecured loans that you have. You know, we've spoken about several aspects, but the one aspect that we didn't speak about, man, is the care that one would expect that you would give to your parents. Um, and it doesn't matter that you're not doing it immediately. The expectation is that you would do it at some point of time. So is it that the earlier you speak about this, the better it is? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think uh, one of the uh, key things uh, is to really match expectations in mm. all aspects. Mm. And um, it's, 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 it's always taken for granted that uh, the man's parents are going to be taken care of. Yes. But, uh, you know, as far as the woman's parents are concerned, that's something that's really not taken for granted. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to have this conversation, mm. even though it, it, you know, this, the really taking care part of it could come many years down the line, mm. but it's so important to really match expectations and, mm. and very, be very clear about how are you going to do it? Mm. Um, to that extent, I would also suggest that um, some portion of uh, money and, and, and this is really if you believe that, that you will have to take care of your parents, mm. um, you should be allocating some money aside towards their expenses as well. So, so yeah, when you sit down, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when you sit down with your uh, partner and you decide your common goals, do put that in as well is what Min is pointing out. But I think Min, we've covered most of the aspects uh, of financial planning when it comes to couples. Thank you so much for joining me on this conversation. Thank you, Alex. Well, dear listener, it's been a pleasure as always. And I do hope that this conversation has helped you out. If you would like to share some thoughts about what we discussed today, you can Reach out to us on any one of our social media platforms and we'll get back to you. Thanks so much for listening. This is Bloomberg Quint. 
If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vesa, hosted by Anupam Gupta. Advertising is Dead, hosted by Varun Dugirala. The Ronnie Screwwala Podcast, hosted by Ronnie Screwwala. Or Cyrus Says, hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcast from. Janice, what do you think couples did before TV was invented? I don't know, go for walks on the beach, long drives, fancy dinners, have more sex maybe? But what did we do when we decided to move in together? We debated between the Chromecast and the Fire Stick. We gave up on sleeping early so we could stay up watching true crime shows. We got ourselves three cat babies. And basically became the cutest couch potatoes around. Okay then. <laughs> in case you guys still haven't got it, we are a TV crazy, Netflix loving, binge watching Mr. and Mrs. I'm Anirudh Kuha. I'm Janice Sequeira. And if like us, you snort TV for breakfast, lunch and dinner, this is the podcast for you. Tune in every Thursday on the IVM podcast app or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. This is Mr. and Mrs. Binge Watch. Filter coffee is a fascinating beverage. You need to pick the right beans, blend them in the right proportion, roast them to perfection and slow brew at the right temperature to get the perfect cup. Which is exactly like great conversations as well. You need to track down the most interesting minds, get them into their zone and settle down for an unhurried, unscripted chat. And coffee for me is always, always, always best enjoyed with friends. I'm Karthik Nagarajan and do share my table as I meet some of the most interesting people I know and sit them down for a strong cup of coffee and an even stronger conversation. Join me every Wednesday for a freshly brewed episode. This is not frappe. This is the Filter Coffee Podcast. Filter Coffee.